0: Welcome to the blends, breaks, and blends that shape our future podcast. I am your host, Troy Rice. Creativity is often taught as a solo practice, and therefore, a person that is good at drawing or music is said to be creative. But creativity for kids, as well as adults, is not limited to the creative arts. Most things we value in life today did not derive from an original idea, but rather concepts that have been blended, broken, or blended. A result from disciplined focus, connecting big picture insights with rigor and testing and small variations. This podcast is to inspire you to create your future, a future you can be proud to live in. On this podcast, you will learn creative practices, stories from creatives themselves, and creativity in history. Looking to get started with an idea? Visit troyrice.life and join a creativity group, sharing your idea for thoughtful and rapid feedback to help you create your future. All right. Now go blend, break, and blend our world, your world. Enjoy the show. All right, welcome to the bends, Breaks and Blends that Shape Our Future podcast. I'm your host, Troy Rice. On today's show, we have tech entrepreneur, influencer, podcast host, and author, Mike Searock-Siraco. Mike's journey to entrepreneurship began with a mortgage lending before launching a Uh, launching and growing and popular podcast show, What Are You Made Of?, followed by the creation of two companies, People Building Inc. and his latest, Blueprinted. C-Rock is the author of the best-selling book, Rocket Fuel, which shares his life story to help others master challenges and setbacks to become unstoppable. C-Rock is highly sought after as a performance coach, dynamic public speaker, tech visionary, and thought leader. C-Rock, welcome to the show.
1: What's up, Troy? Thanks for having me, man. I really appreciate you inviting me on to your show, which I know you take a lot of pride in, and the fact that you wanted me to be on here means the world to me, man. So thank you, and thank you for the listeners and/or watchers of this show for showing up.
0: Absolutely, man. I know when I first discovered your work, um, you were top of mind to bring in some creative work in your journey, starting young, I imagine. So I'm excited to dive into this with you. So. The first question that we ask all our guests is, what does creativity mean to you?
1: Uh, Creativity means to me not staying in the status quo, not playing the same game that you always play or playing somebody else's game. But really, I just posted this the other day on Twitter and uh, and Instagram. I'm a game changer. And in order to be a game changer, you need to be creative in order to create a game to play. And so I just feel like that has to do with, you know, change and also looking forward to the future and causing and creating a future that you want. And so to me, that's what it is.
0: Excellent. Excellent. I love the concept of creating a future that you want, because oftentimes we get stuck in the enjoying the futures that other people created for us. Right. And sometimes that doesn't always happen well for us uh, in the end. So take us back as early, it could be as early as childhood or wherever you want to start, but where where does the journey of creativity start for you? Like when do you first start down creating things, building things, influencers along the way? Just kind of share where that started for you.
1: I have to say probably, you know, as a young kid coming from a broken home, I don't remember my parents together. You know, I grew up around a lot of brokenness, alcohol, drug addicts, anxiety, depression, suicide, divorce. Conflicts, you know, chaos. And in being in that and not to get swept up in it, you had to be creative. You had to use your imagination. And also, you had to get, you know, not, not, not to get sucked up in it, you also had to be able to have some kind of self determinism, some kind of control over your environment and what you wanted. And so, at a young age, I was able to do that. You know, I lived with my mom for three, no, until I was eight. She decided to go on to her third marriage, and I didn't want to move into another man's house. And learn another man's rules. So I decided to move to my dad's house. I made that decision. Now my mom had to agree to it, of course, but I made a decision and I'm pretty persuasive when I make a decision. I always have been like that. So <laughs> I went and moved to my dad's when I was eight. And then for three years, I thought it would be great. But for three years, I dealt with a lot of abuse. And so again, not wanting to stay in that environment, I decided to, to cause and create my future by telling my mom what was up and getting her to file court papers to get me back out of that situation. So another, another situation where I caused and created something to happen, a change in my environment from there, you know, just being in a situation uh, around a lot of family members that were broken and telling a story to themselves of why they were depressed, why they were in anxiety, why they had such a hard life, why they had to drink all this stuff. I realized that they were causing and creating their future. And I was like, well, you know what? first of all, I'm not going to buy their BS. I'm going to call them out on it and let them know like this. You can say this to yourself if you want to, but you're going to keep getting that, but don't bring that stuff to me. Mm -hmm. And number two, I had to say what I wanted and I had to make sure that I understood the power of that because if I say something I want, it's going to happen. So then I started saying reasons why I was going to be successful and the things I wanted to do in my future. You know, a happy man or happy woman is a person that's focused on their future.
0: Mm.
1: If you're stuck in the past or in present time, that's the definitions of insanity and neur- and neurosis. Uh, the, the the definition of happy and um, a well person is is focused on the future, causing and creating a future for themselves and others.
0: Yeah. So so I want to unpack something here, which is the concept of channeling pain into creating something new. And so a reason I bring this question up is I know there's a lot of research out there. A lot of it comes from like Dr. Don Wood, who owns a, a program that helps people um, manage this, is it, which is basically trauma to creativity or trauma to inspiration. So if you could unpack that a little bit, where do, you, where do you think that came from for you? Because it sounded like from a childhood, you were able to do that very early, where some people still struggle, where they create these loops in their minds about things that have happened in the past and they can't create something to move forward. So what could well, you share to help people kind of break that barrier?
1: Well, so I just realized that when I was in most control was when I took responsibility. Right. Gotcha. I realized that subconsciously I studied this recently more in depth, but uh, subconsciously I picked up on this, that, you know, the more I was in control was because I was owning things. Mm. and not pointing the finger and blaming things. And when I did blame things, because I'm not perfect, I definitely blamed things in the past and played the victim role, looked for sympathy. Mm -hmm. When I did that, I realized that I had no control and I felt like a prisoner or a puppet. And I'm not the type of guy that likes to be a puppet. I want to be a puppet master in control. Mm -hmm. And control is a good thing, by the way. You want to be in control of things. And I realized that at a young age. So I also started to realize that, look, I can't control people. I can only control myself and my environment. So and what that means is that I have to take everything that comes my way, and I got to figure out what to do with it. Now, I could take things and store it in my trunk, where it would weigh you down and slow you down, or I can make the decision to store it in my tank, my fuel tank, and convert it into rocket fuel and become unstoppable. And so it's a decision that I make. Everything, by the way, where you are right now and what happens in your life is based on decisions you've made. It, yeah. that, that's simply the, the case. It's, it's a truism. There's no debating it. And so if that's the case, then paying attention to your decisions or going back and looking at the decisions you've made in the past to be able to handle these, these, these decisions and switch them can cause you to, to excel. So, I mean, I, I don't know, man, I just have a really good understanding of this. Uh, Back in the day, I did it without really knowing it. Now I'm really knowing it. Now it exponentially gives me power to be able to control my future and my environment and the mission that I'm on, which also, just so you know, when you start to do this, it gives you an ability to pull others with you. Mm. Other people get sucked up in in your in your vacuum, so to speak, in a good way, mm. until they can start seeing the results themselves, and then they can start also, you know, also taking advantage of this, you know, what, what I call the rocket fuel law.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, awesome. We're gonna we're gonna dig into to your book too. Um so influencers. So you're, you're alluding to this a little bit here about the circles that you're building and the people you attract um, throughout the journey, the people you want to attract. I should, I should clause. Um, So what were some of the influencers as you're going through this journey? And it could be a person, books, resources, like what are the things that you leverage uh, as you continue to grow in this journey to understand responsibility and, and, you know, rocket fuel and fuel and everything.
1: Well, when I was younger, you know, I, I was looking for, well, I was going through some tough times and my grandmother committed suicide when I went to college. Hmm. And I I took that hard. And at that moment, I started getting this I don't give a shit attitude and I don't care and uh, I'll do what I want kind of thing in a bad way. And it was more destructive, right? It's a more destructive point of view. Like if somebody said something the wrong way to me or somebody got ignorant with my friends, I would jump up and take care of business, quote unquote, take care of business, cause more problems. (laughs) Um, I got in a lot of fights and I was watching um, mafia movies, Goodfellas and Joe Pesci and, mm-hmm. and, and taking on this balance or this persona of uh, uh, that character, you know, and I, and I, why I don't know. It made me feel good for the short term. And then later on, I'd feel upset about hitting somebody or cussing someone out, or mm-hmm. it made you feel real good at the moment. So, you know, the, a mentor can be someone or or a, a role model could be a bad role too. And so what I started to realize, wait a minute, you know, what am I doing here? Like, what's the point? And I lost my way for a little while when I was in college, I got into drinking drugs and partying, chasing women, fighting. And like any bad thing, it can be fun for, for a short time, but in the long run, it always comes back to catch it. And I started like really searching, okay, what is, what is my calling, what calling, do I want to create? Where, where's my like flame? Like, what do I like to do? And then what am I strong at? But what, what can I create around this? And I started realizing that I want to be unstoppable to live in the life of my dreams. And I want everybody else to know that they can do that too and be unstoppable to it. And so I just got behind this mission now that all people are unstoppable to live in the life of their dreams. And everybody that I come around and I have any kind of contact with whatsoever, I want them to leave that interaction feeling more unstoppable to live in the life of their dreams.
0: So, so where do you think, where, what hinders people from doing that in your journey to, to helping them get to become unstoppable? What do you find is most hindering to people that stops them from creating their futures or the life that they want?
1: Unable to be able to handle their past, their decisions that they've made, and also the memories that they have of failing or bad times, or when somebody did something bad to them, or unable to handle that when you can't handle that. Again, you're not in control. You're a victim to that, those circumstances. That's what holds people back. Let's say you try to, here's an example. <clears throat> yeah. Let's say you try to do a program and sell it like a digital program or a coaching program or something. And then you, you, you go out on social media and you try to present it to people and show them, Hey, this is what I can do for you. And just sign up for this program or course or whatever it is. And you don't get a response or you don't get the response you thought you would. And you throw up your hands. And you're like, man, I suck. I, I must not be good. Like, this is not, this is no good. Like or you start a podcast and nobody listens to it mm-hmm. and you don't get a lot of traction. And then you throw your hands up and you consider yourself a failure. The decision you make after that failure, right? The decision you make after that failure or setback which may not even be a failure. You just might not have gotten there yet. You might, might, might not have done, not done enough episodes yet. You might not have promoted enough. There's something else there. Mm-hmm. We always pick the wrong target after a failure and we point to ourselves Oh, we're just not good at it. It's just not meant to be. It's not the right thing, whatever. Instead of making adjustments and pivoting or pointing to the real reason that didn't work and correcting it and going right back at it again, we make a decision that we're a failure. So from that point on, that decision sticks with us going forward and that blocks us. But if we can go back and look at that decision that we have made after something like that happens and revisit that and change our mind and say, wait a minute, the target that I was pointing to for blame of that is wrong. And the fact of the matter is, is that I just needed to make some adjustments or do some things differently. And, and it could be a success. Product offering, um, the type of promo and not enough promo, pricing, you know, whatever it may be. right? Same thing with like, if you're single and you go up to a girl to try to, introduce yourself to a, talk to a girl right and she and she um rejects you that can crush a guy if he lets it and mm-hmm. that memory of that not being able to handle that memory will keep him from going up to other girls and interacting or or uh dating or what have you so it's all about understanding that when i when i talk about you're unstoppable to live in the life of your dreams that doesn't mean that every girl you go up to or everything you try to sell you're going to sell it means that you may not sell that one you may not uh, get that girl that you try to date or what have you. But that doesn't mean you're not going to get one. If you just don't, you just got to keep going, right? You're unstoppable. That means you don't stop. And when you figure that out and you realize, wait a minute, just because something happened that didn't work the way I thought it was going to, or somebody rejected me, I'm I'm going anyway. So it doesn't matter. That's just, that's just like a, just a, I don't, I don't want to say a speed bump because you run over them, but it's just like a speed bump. You just boom. <laughs> All right, next, next, next. And that's what goes through my mind. like, next, what's next? Now, even after I hit a goal, hit a target, accomplish something, Troy, it's like, what's next? Yeah, Because if you stop there, it's just like stopping when you fail.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. And I, I found this reflection in my own life, which is like this cross between expectations and assumptions, which is the expectations that we fail to set when we start something. And then the assumptions that we have from being able to think that we can mind read like actually understand what people are doing when they make a decision, which I don't know anybody that can mind read. <laughs> Maybe you do, but I don't. And so, but we feel like we do. Right. And so we, we place those, those negativities on our, our projects because we assume that people don't want it. They assume they don't want to engage in it. And then it doesn't meet the expectation that we probably didn't set uh, in particularly the right direction. Are you, do you find those yeah. two things kind of in line with, with that, that thought process that people go through?
1: I, I actually can mind read by the way. And so if you no, and I'm being serious, if you do, if you do enough of something, you'll start to see patterns and you can predict and know what's going to happen next. So people don't realize that because they don't do enough or they don't observe when they're doing enough. But if you do something over and over and over again, you can predict what's going to happen to a T it's ridiculous. It's absolutely like, and so whether it's sales, you know, doing a sales presentation, doing enough sales, talking to women, being on podcasts. Like I I can, I can do that because I pay attention, but I've done it so much. And when I realized that I could do that, then that power it's powerful. Then I, I do it more. (laughs) So no, I mean, I, I think that you can, you can predict that, but, but if you don't think you can, you won't. And if you don't know, there's a, there's a thing about knowing this, right? Knowing something and, and making a decision. Again, I go back to decisions. To know something, when you make a decision, that's it. If you make a decision, game over, man. You're you're it's gonna happen. Soon, later, somewhere, it's gonna happen if you make a decision. If you make a decision to know or make a decision to predict, and you're full committed to that, you got it. And that's what people don't do, they just don't commit.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And I, I think I heard practice and consistency in there too, right? <laughs> oh, 100%, man. Yes. absolutely.
1: Well, I, I use my three C's all the time, which is clarity, commitment, and consistency. Hmm. And it all ties into that. And it all leads to control. It all leads to responsibility, knowingness, success. Everything I do has those three components in it.
0: Okay. So we're going to d- dig into some of your projects too, because I want to have, have a chance to share about Blueprinted, which I think is very awesome. And then your book, and uh, even the creation of your performance coaching and, and programs and everything that you offer. Uh, but to get to that point, walk us through a day in the life of, of C-Rock's creativity journey. Like what are some some practices that you might do on a daily basis um, just to kind of keep your, your mind flowing or even to bring you back into the create, creativity space if, if you're not there already in a, in a given day?
1: Well, I mean, I always start every day with a wake up and, and gratitude immediately yeah. I find that makes me uh, less grumpy and makes me happier right away. (laughs) So I start in gratitude and then I'm a spiritual person and I pray. Um, And I, I I pray to God to to give me clarity on what the mission is. Mm -hmm. I call it the mission that he's given me, right? What mission am I on? What, what do you want me to do today? Give me the thoughts, words, and actions to have help me to understand the, the the environment that I need to keep. Give me clarity on that. Right. I, I go through that every single day and then I get up and get going. Now, if I'm finding myself lacking creativity and clarity, I, which happens sometimes, I, fi- I find something or someone I need to get rid of hmm. because it means that I, I have my, my, my space is cluttered or too packed and I need to clear out. And when I clear out, it allows me to fill in with creativity or other things that need to come in. So I do that. I do quiet time where I'll just sit for 15, 20 minutes, focus on my breathing and get rid of all my thoughts, let all my thoughts just pass through. You can call it meditation if you want to, but it's not necessarily any, anything besides quiet time and clear my mind. Mm-hmm. I go for walks outside with no phone and just look at nature and pay attention and look into different objects in nature and really paying attention to the things that I see. And I'll do that for a period of time until I feel like, like really all of a sudden I get this, like this, this euphoria. Most people don't do it long enough or they're distracted with their phone or talking to people or something. And I really pay attention to this. Mm. Um, what else do I do? I mean, I write my goals down like, constantly. Um, I think really big and I just don't care if I believe it. I can do it right now or like understand how I'm going to do it. I just write it down and, and, and commit to it. <laughs> um, yeah. And by the way, when you go through these things that, that this is such a big, important thing because I'm dealing with this right now. When you make uh, progress in an area, whether it's intangible or tangible, whether you're becoming an, a, a, a more developed person, you don't necessarily know it's happening right then. And as you're into it, you don't realize it a lot of times until you reflect mm-hmm. of how far you've come. So like you could take a look at a year year over year and it's good to pay attention to this. Like, where was I last year at this time? And where am I now? And you're like, holy cow, this is what I wanted. And you don't even realize you're there. So it's that, very important to me. It's important to that every day you're enjoying yourself. You're enjoying everything that's going on around you. Even the suffering, man. Even, just imagine this, Troy. If you could enjoy things when they got set back or suffering, imagine how much better life would be. Yes. So it's important to do that because the journey that you arrive to, you'll never get to the actual journey. Uh, I'm sorry, the destination. It's a constant journey mm-hmm. because I found that I've like when I've done the reflection, I look back like, six months, a year ago or two years ago. I'm where, like, if I were to be that person and look and see, oh, man, two years are going to be here, I would, I would, I would be like tickled to death, but you don't realize it until you do that reflection exercise.
0: Yes. Yes. And I just recently discovered the, the five-year journal. I don't know if you've seen these, but it's a concept of writing down your daily journal for five years and going back and reflecting like the same day over a five-year period, just to see the amount of growth that you've had.
1: And the thinking that you have, like, I look back when I first started this journey that I'm on now back in probably uh, 2019, early 2019, which is short three years ago, I look back at that and the, the, the the questions and things I was writing down are kind of, I'm kind of embarrassed that I was that far (laughs) behind. It's just a weird thing, man. And I don't even, it makes me uncomfortable truthfully Yes, because I feel like where I am now is where I should be and should have been all along, but that's not the case.
0: Yeah. It's, it's one of those things, like, like you said, thinking big, right. But to think big, sometimes you got to think small and to think small is the first step towards where you need to be. And so that reflection point of three years ago seems maybe minuscule, but it was the step that needed to be thought through to get to where you're today.
1: Right. 100%, man.
0: Very cool. All right. So, and I know we both have kids, So do you share any of those practices with your kids or what, is there anything that you do with your kids um, to help kind of?
1: Yeah. Yeah, My kids write their goals down um, and they read a lot. I make them (laughs) read a lot, but I tell them why. Yes, You know, and and one thing I'm really focused on lately is like when they're doing something they're not supposed to be doing, you know, I grew up in a house where there was a lot of yelling, not, not in get like I didn't get hit in after age 11, I would say um, the one abusive situation I, you know, I did, but I grew up in an environment where it's like yelling, right. And punishment and grounding, right. What the heck is that for? Like today we put people in jail when they do something wrong. What really needs to happen is we need to love on people and we need to teach people mm-hmm. and we need to give them some kind of um, some kind of counseling because punishing them does not do anything, but just treat them like animals and put them in a cage. Like, I, I don't, I don't understand this mm. whole, I, well, I do understand why they're doing it. It's a business without jails and prison systems. That, 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 that's a huge business, by the way, for people that don't know that. Yep. And legal system, it's all, it's all business. So I feel that for my kids that when they do something wrong, I'll give you an example. My son's 15. He's been talking about getting in shape for football, mm-hmm. plays high school football Easter happened, and He's got, well, cause we started early. Cause we're going away this week. Yeah. But he got an Easter basket and got a candy in it. And then my wife said, don't eat the candy that much. Just have a couple here or there. Do not take it upstairs to your room because you'll, you'll, you know, you'll eat a lot. of Just don't do that. Well, we find a bunch of wrappers upstairs, empty wrappers, and all the candy out of his basket pretty much is gone. Mm-hmm. And it's Tuesday from the Sunday, right? Two days later. <laughs> and so first thing in my mind, truthfully, I'm like, that little sucker. Like, what, like, what does he understand? We told him not to do that. He okay. did it anyway. He doesn't give a crap. Yeah. Like, what, what do we got to do? Like, what do we got to take away? Like the first thought that comes from my head. Really? That's not the right thing to do. The right thing to do is to, when he comes home, say, look, dude, you know, I told you not to do that. Right. And you did it anyway. Now I could punish you. I could take something away. I'm not going to do that. I'm going to give you a hug. I love you no matter what, but we need to learn something here and we need to take a lesson out of this and explain to you why we said that to you. Why now that you didn't do that, what happens? And then how going forward, you're going to have this in your subconscious mind, knowing that you did something that you shouldn't have done. And it's going to cloud your creativity. It's going to cloud your productivity. It's going to make you more upset and not as happy as you could be. And it's going to stop you from being unstoppable to being, you know, to live the life of your dreams. So this is why. And, and so one reason is you were told not to. That's one. Number two, it's not good for you. And here's why. And then I'm going to make him read an article about why too much sugar and candy is bad for you. And I'm going to make him write an essay about it. So now it turns in from a punishment into more of a a love and a learning experience. And if he doesn't like doing that stuff, then he'll stop doing it, (laughs) but he's going to learn along the way.
0: I mean, one of the awesome things that you said in there was empowerment because, you know, it's one thing to tell to guide kids towards making smart decisions, but it's another thing to empower them to make a choice. Right. And so he made a choice and then afterwards you guided him towards the choice that he made. And how he can reflect on that and make a better choice and so right that's that's powerful right because that's that's true teaching um in a moment versus giving the directive.
1: yeah so the original question you said something about kids how do i get them in in a creating mode so to speak mm-hmm. right i don't know how i got off on that tangent but i just thought about it so <laughs> um yeah so you know my daughter she's creates things all the time like we we play with objects and and, and create stuff she creates these bracelets and she's opened up a little business selling bracelets right. uh, my son likes to draw and screen right he's writing a screenplay right now Very cool. um, for a movie and he likes to build with legos i encourage all that you know i, yes. I and i know uh, computers and video games look if you're in there in a world where it's like you can create uh, an environment and i don't i don't i don't get on them about video games as long as it's something that they're being creative about using their imagination and some t- some kind of thing where they're extending themselves.
0: Yes. Awesome. Yeah. I'm always curious in uh, other people's creativity teachings to their kids and in different ways. So thanks for sharing that. All right. I want to give you time to jump into your projects too, to share with our audience. And so first maybe touch on uh, your performance coaching uh, business that you created or how you're helping people to be unstoppable. And then within that, the book uh, that you wrote. And then from there, the tech entrepreneurship journey with Blueprinted. So I want to give you the floor here to share about those.
1: Yeah. So I started a company called People Building, People Building Inc. And it started with the podcast. Then I wrote a book. And then I do speaking engagements. And then I'll do group coaching and masterminds around it. And really, it's all about just, like I said, it's it's pouring into people, things that I use myself currently, what I've used in the past to, to create unstoppability, to be able to control and know things that are going to happen. And so I just I just let that come off of me and into other people and let them have it. And they, they got to find it themselves. So we do that. That's people building. And also, I have a podcast booking agency. It's called People Building Inc. Podcast Agency. And we book people on shows that they want to go on or, or uh, niches or target market shows that they want to go on because getting on shows is harder than having your own podcast and having guests. You can get guests pretty easily. Mm -hmm. But, but, but we, you know, we have a podcast agency with our network of podcasts with great, great hosts, great shows that we're getting people on podcasts and we get them on a consistent basis because by the way, when you get on one podcast, that's not good enough. A lot of people will do a podcast and they're like, oh man, I got on a podcast. I'm so excited, which is fine. (laughs) But that one podcast ain't going to do much for you. You need to do them over and over and over again. For example, when I got on, started on the podcast kick, I did 300 episodes, just over 300 episodes in a year, mine and somebody, someone else's being on, being on, uh, on other shows. And I, and I leaned into it and that's what made the difference. Not one show, yeah. not two shows, not just doing them all one month, doing five shows a month and then not doing them again, consistent, being on a, on a, a consistent path of getting your message out, extroverting out into the world has so many benefits to it, to business and personal confidence. So this yeah. podcast podcast agency goes along with this people building concept of becoming unstoppable. So we're doing that. If anybody's interested, just DM me on Instagram, Mikey C. Rock, And then uh, from there, we wrote the book Rocket Fuel. Rocket Fuel is just telling the story about how I came up with the concept of becoming unstoppable, taking everything that would come your way, that slows you down or stops you and turn it into fuel. And it's a really great book. Uh, Grant Cardone wrote the forward for the book. He understands that concept like nobody else does. Yes. And yeah, so that's, that's what the the performance stuff is all about. I've, eventually we'll be working with um, celebrities and, and professional athletes and taking them to the next level. They already have skill. They've already done enough to get to where they got to, but some of them need to break through and understand that that's just another level that they've gotten to. Mm-hmm. And I want to help guide them on that. So yeah, that's what I'm doing with that part. Um Yeah. So did you want to get into the- uh, the, Yeah. uh, Let's uh, let's talk about tech. So Blueprinted.
0: What's Blueprinted?
1: Yeah. So Blueprinted is a platform, a marketplace of step-by-step processes where somebody that knows how to do something can create a step-by-step process with little bite-sized pieces that someone can go in and buy and follow each day, get quick wins each day, that lead to a big win at the end, whether it's seven days down the road, two weeks, 30 days, 90 days, whatever it is. So for example, instead of taking a course and sitting there watching a video for hours and trying to learn something by watching and consuming, it's like the food network. If you're trying to you know, create a seven course meal and you watch the food network and then go to the kitchen and try to replicate that, <laughs> you're going to have problems mm-hmm. versus giving somebody the steps and the ingredients of how to achieve something. So I have one in there, how to start a podcast. And it gives you the exact steps from the thought of when I want to have a podcast to all the way through becoming omnipresent, repurposing your podcast, getting guests, how to book the systems and processes you need to do so to get it running smoothly. And it's step-by-step processes. There's how to build a personal brand, how to create a perfect pitch, how to have a better relationship with your spouse, all these little things, different categories of step-by-step little short bite-sized wins that you can accomplish 10 to 15 minutes a day. And in 30 days, you have a big result. So that's Blueprinted.
0: Excellent. Yeah. So when I first learned about Blueprinted, I just loved the concept of being able to latch on other people's expertise to exponentially grow mine. I mean, that's kind of what we do when we look for courses or books to read and all that. We're really looking for somebody that's already done the legwork uh, for us to be able to kind of jump onto that and, and exponentially use it. And um, I felt like Blueprinted was helping exponentially help people in that arena.
1: Yeah. Imagine, imagine this, imagine that you have a book or a course that automatically gets integrated into your calendar so that Monday, you know what you need to do. And you just Monday, you just do, do what you're supposed to do on your calendar, living off your calendar. Tuesday comes, just do that. What's on the calendar from that day. And you just follow it through instead of having to sit there and try to consume something and then try to implement it from there or read a book, comprehend the book, which most people, by the way, don't comprehend books they read. They might read them. Most people don't even complete books. Mm. Most important thing for people, if you're listening on this this note, when you read a book or you listen to someone talking and you hear a word that you do not understand or a concept or a phrase that you do not understand, it is imperative to stop right there and look the word up. Mm -hmm. If you don't, everything that you do past that word you don't understand will be a blank in your mind. Very important. And that's what happens to most people. So blueprint will not allow that happen because each task is separate and defined and you have to complete that task before moving on to the next one. And you will not be able to move on to the next one until you complete the task and fully understand it.
0: Yes. I love that. And I I don't know if you're familiar with Jim Quick's work, um, but he does it a phenomenal job of telling people uh, why, why we struggle to learn, read books and all that. It's because we weren't taught how to learn when we were kids. And so he goes through a lot of speed memory. Um, speed reading, memory retention type things that you can do to help out. And I, I love that because a lot of us, like we decide that we want to learn more, better, read more books later uh, when we're trying to build things, but we struggle with the commitment to it, the drive, the know-how. And so I found at least his resources to be quite helpful uh, in the journey towards book reading.
1: Does he talk about looking up words? He doesn't talk know what about what he talks about. I haven't he talks seen About it.
0: story building around word concepts. So if it's a word you don't understand, or it's um, words or concepts you're trying to string together to understand further, then you should build a storyboard concept uh, around those words to to retain it in your memory.
1: Oh, I got it. Okay, yeah. There's an actual process that I've taken in uh, a study tech, um, and basically looking up a word and then how to look up a word and really pay attention to how to use it in a sentence to make sure you understand it. And really before you read a page, you really should scan the page with your finger right down the center of the page, looking both sides, scanning the page to find a word that catches your attention. Hmm. You find a word that catches your attention, look it up, make sure you understand it. Then when you're done that with that page, then read that page and you'll read it five times faster and you'll retain the information.
0: I love that. Yeah. I mean, he definitely talks a lot about the finger movement because a lot of times we, we read at a pace that's slower than our brain wants. And so we get bored. And so if you learn to use your finger, which a lot of schools never taught you to do, or they told you not to do that, um, you should go fast with your finger um, because your brain actually works faster than you think it yep. does Yep. and challenge yourself. Um, and he's got like speed reading tests and stuff you can take on there to grow and make it a game like gamify yeah. how, mm-hmm. how much you can read a book. So just incredible resources. I just wanted to jump in with that because I know you're, you're digging into the book uh, concept. Yeah, man, uh, love it. And so before we end here, um, any last thoughts for our guests, uh, how they can get involved with you or anything that you want to leave them to to help them create their future?
1: Yeah, I would love everybody to go check out Blueprint at B-L-O-O printed.com. It's spelled differently than the color, B-L-O-O printed.com. Check it out. And uh, if you have any questions, reach out to me. We're looking for people that know how to do something. It doesn't have to be something crazy. If you know how to, you know, I, I don't even know. Um, I'm trying to think how to make the best iced tea. <laughs> There's a step by step process to that. How to make the best apple pie. It could be food, drink, relationship, finances, business. It could be anything. But everybody knows how to do something. And you can put this step by step process in there and actually make money off of it by impacting people in the marketplace at Blueprinted. And of course, I'm on Clubhouse Instagram at Mikey C-R-O-C. Thanks, Troy.
0: Beautiful. Thanks, C-Rock. And thank you for our listeners for joining us on the Ben's Breaks and Blends That Shape Our Future podcast. We have a chance to bring on amazing guests from all walks of life to share their creative journeys to help inspire you to create change in this world. So thank you again, C-Rock. We will share all his information and ways that you can connect with him outside of this podcast.